there. Welcome to another life-transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwit Achero. Good morning. It's great to see all of you this morning. Yesterday we had a great time, you know, uh, in church. It was wonderful. I mean, and we prayed about peace. And when I was meditating about peace, um, I felt God was leading me to another aspect of peace that I want us to look at today. And then we are going to pray. First Corinthians chapter 1. That is our text. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and so things our brother to the church of God which is at Corinth. To those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been looking at peace and today I want us to look at horizontal peace. We've been looking at peace, you know, in our hearts. Today I want us to look at horizontal peace. What is horizontal peace? Horizontal peace is simply peace um, between us and other people. We've been looking at inner peace. But now we want to look at peace with one another. We also need to experience this dimension of peace, having peace with one another. When Paul was writing to the Corinthian church and speaking peace over that church is because he knew that those were people who were living out their faith with one another. He knew that the church is full of people and people have to work with one another. People have to live with one another. And so he spoke peace so that, you know, the church may be stable. The church may be united. Ladies and gentlemen, we need peace with one another. If there is no peace in the church, the church will disintegrate. If there is no peace, you know, um, in our families, our families will disintegrate. When there is no peace in our human relationships, you know, they will not be healthy. So we need peace uh, so that we can work together, we can live together, you know, so that we can experience the bless, the blessings of unity. Paul knew that the church is full of people. Um, the church is full of people who have families. The church is full of people who are working together. The church is full of people, you know, who um, who live together, who serve in the same department. And so he spoke peace because if there is no peace in the church, then the church will not move in unity. If there is no peace in families, the families will not move in unity. And so we want to look at peace with one another because it's very important. Why do we need peace with one another? We need peace with one another because without peace, our relationships are going to be strained. A relationship between you and your brother, the relationship between you and your sister will be strained if there is no peace. Your relationship with your parents will be strained if there is no peace. So we need peace, you know, in all our human relationships because if peace is not there, those human relationships are going to be strained. We need peace between a husband and a wife. They need to enjoy peace because when there is peace, then they will enjoy their marriage. Their relationship will not be strained. We need peace between parents and their children. When that peace is not there, then that relationship is going to screech to a halt. We will have issues and problems every now and then. That's why you see that there are some parents, you know, who have gone for years without talking to their children. There are children who have gone for years without talking to their parents. There is no peace between, you know, the two. You know, we need peace between brothers and sisters in the church because, you know, we have to work together. We have to live out our faith together. We have to do life together. And so there has to be peace because when that peace is there, then we can be able to uh, live out our faith in the church together. We need peace between pastors, you know, because a lot of pastors um, don't really flow with one another. There's a lot of me. Uh, there's a lot of um, suspicion. There's there's a lot of animosity between pastors. So we need pastors, you know, to also enjoy this peace because we serve a common God. You know, we serve the same God. So we need peace. We need peace between pastors and leaders uh, in the church. So all these human relationships, we need peace, you know, between church workers, especially there, you know, where people are working together in the church. We need a lot of peace. So when there is no peace in all these relationships, there will be problems, there will be issues. And today we want to pray that we may have peace in those 
um, different human relationships that we find ourselves in. Now, what are some of these things that take away, you know, this peace that we enjoy, that we should enjoy with one another? Disagreements, when we disagree, you know, and conflicts, you know, when there are disagreements and conflicts, which will always arise and we don't know how to deal with them. Uh, I'm telling you, you know, uh, there will be no peace. There will, not be, there will be no peace in our homes. There will be no peace in our marriages. There will be no peace in the church. You know, So we have to uh, come to a place where we know how to deal with disagreements and conflicts because they have a way of um, chasing peace out of the window. Uh, you know, when you look at Acts chapter 6, there, were, there was murmuring in the church because of disagreements. You know, a particular group, widows, were being neglected. And so there was no peace in the church. Differences also, different opinions, uh, you know, will cause us not to enjoy peace. We see that between Paul and Barnabas and they had to part ways. You see, where there is no peace, you're forced to part ways. You know, that's why people say, okay, my friendship with you is over. And they have to go left and you have to go right. When there was no peace between the herdsmen of Lot and the herdsmen of Abraham, they had to part ways. You know, they were they were not able to live in unity. They were not able to resolve their differences amicably. And and, and Abraham decided, you know, uh, because this thing is becoming too much, please, and I want peace, I want to maintain my relationship with you. You know, you move over here and I'll move over here. So, you know, when there are different opinions, differences, you know, um, uh, peace will not be there. Then secondly is immature, uh, thirdly is maturity. And there are many others, I just mentioned a few. Immaturity. Sometimes it is the immaturity in us you know, that becomes the fodder for conflict. It's the immaturity in people's lives. They don't know how to handle issues. They don't have, know how to handle problems. You know, they, know, they don't know how to respond, you know, to uh, different opinions. Sometimes our immaturity is what will bring about, you know, strained relationships, you know, carnality. You're, you have not grown, you have not matured. Uh, you don't have the capacity to be able to handle disagreements and different opinions and so that immaturity in us you know introduces restraint uh, strained relationships with the people we are working with people we are living with people around us and it um it causes us not to have peace with them another one is just pride there are people who are just proud i mean you're not humble you're just so proud nobody can tell you anything nobody should instruct you nobody should correct you you know, nobody should tell you, you know, you need to do this or you need to do that. And because of that pride, and it's so strong that it is just visible, everybody can see it. You can see that when you are around people, there is no peace because nobody can tell you anything. Nobody can correct you. Nobody can instruct you. And so there's no peace. You can't really live with people because you have so much pride. I think your pride is even bigger than that of Lucifer. And then as a, uh, 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 another reason why, you know, there's no peace sometimes is it's a test of our love. You know, when you really love, you pursue peace. When you really love, you pursue peace. But sometimes it's, you realize that people don't really love. And because of that, you know, there's no peace in their relationship because they're not willing to fight for it. Yesterday, I told you that peace will not fall on your laps. You have to fight for it. So when your love is genuine, you'll fight for peace. When your love is really genuine towards someone and you don't want to lose that person, you will fight for peace. So sometimes lack of peace is the test for our love. How deep do you love? How deep do you care? How deep, you know, do you really love this person? How deep do you really care about this person? And if you really care about them deeply, you will fight uh, for peace. I mean, you'll be hurt, but fight for peace. You'll be disappointed, but still at the same time, fight for peace. You'll be broken, heartbroken, but still at the same time, fight for peace because you want it. You want it. You want the relationship to be restored. You want the relationship to be back to where it was before, you know, there was conflict and before there was, you know, issues. And so all these and many others are just reasons why, you know, we 
uh, we lack peace in our relationship, but we need to enjoy peace in our relationships. It's a blessing to enjoy peace in your home. Can you imagine, you know, uh, uh, your marriage without peace? It can be stressful. Can you imagine you come to church and there's no peace in church? Everybody is up in arms. They are ready to fight. I mean, everybody came with a crude weapon, you know, for emergency cases uh, or emergency reasons. You know, they are ready to fight just in case, you know, as a form of protection. Or, you know, you are in this relationship with someone and you can see that every time you meet, they are ready for war. I mean, you not enjoy that relationship. All of us, we want to enjoy peace in our relationships. And so today we're going to pray for these points that I'm going to give you. Uh, four points so that we may be able to enjoy peace, you know, in our human relationships. Number one, what triggers peace? What triggers peace in our relationships? Number one. Number one is forgiveness. Forgiveness triggers peace in our human relationships. To forgive simply means to pardon an offender. Somebody has offended you and you decide, you know what? I'm going to forgive you. You know, I'm going to forgive you. No matter what you have done, I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to let you go. So we must forgive each other all the time. Because look, we are living around people. People will say nasty things about you. People will step on your toe. People will disappoint you. People will hurt you with their words, with their comments, with their look. You know, people will hurt us because we live around people who are also growing people, who are not mature people, you know, who sometimes do things innocently without knowing that those things are going to hurt us. And so people will disappoint you, people will step on your toe, people will betray you, people will gossip you, people will say things against you. And sometimes when you, you know, when you hear what somebody has said about you, when you were told what somebody said in your absence, it can really, really hurt you. But you see, we must learn to forgive. You see, God could not have put forgiveness in the Bible if he knew that we would be around perfect people. That is a very profound statement that I've just made. God could not have put forgiveness in his Bible, in his word, if he didn't, uh, if he didn't know that we are going to live around imperfect people. He knew that we'll be surrounded be, with you know, imperfect people. He knew we'll be surrounded with broken people. He knew that you will be surrounded with people who will disappoint you. And that's why he put forgiveness in the Bible. God putting forgiveness in the Bible was a strategic move. He knew that you'll be surrounded by people who will hurt you, who will step on your toe, who will disappoint you, who will let you down. He knew that you'll be surrounded with people who will say nasty things about you, nasty things about your family, about your children and that's why he put forgiveness in the bible he knew you'll get married to somebody who will look very flawless on the wedding day but after that you start seeing their true colors he knew that those things were going to happen those things were going to happen in your marriage and that's why he put forgiveness in the bible he knew you'll be surrounded by imperfect people that's why we have to learn to forgive we don't forgive because people are perfect. We forgive because we have made a choice to forgive them and to obey God's word so that we may introduce or reintroduce peace into our relationships. When there is unforgiveness, there will be no peace. But when there is forgiveness, peace will be reintroduced in that relationship. Amen. Have you realized, I don't know if you have realized, but I've realized in church, forgiveness has really been watered down. Forgiveness has really been watered down. People talk about forgiveness, but they don't really forgive. They are not even ready to forgive. People really talk about forgiveness, but they are not equipped. They don't have the capacity to forgive. In fact, people forgive easy things. They forgive easy things. They forgive light matters. But you see, forgiveness is not just to be given or demonstrated when something is easy. You should also forgive when it is hard to forgive. You should forgive when it is difficult to forgive. You should forgive when the wound is so deep. You should forgive when the disappointment is so huge. We don't forgive because things are small. We forgive because the Bible has commanded us to forgive. And when you look at the church today, you see that Christians talk about forgiveness, preach about forgiveness, you know, speak about forgiveness. But when the rubber meets the road, they're not ready to forgive. 
they are not really ready to forgive. That's why you see people behave in a manner likely to suggest that they actually don't believe in forgiveness. They have been hurt, they have been disappointed, and you look at them and you're waiting to see if they can forgive and bounce back and restore peace. But you don't see that. Many, many Christians don't really demonstrate forgiveness. They want to forgive when the conflict is easy. They want to forgive when the matter is easy. They want to forgive when the, uh, the issue involved is easy. But when it is so deep, mm -mm, they're not ready to forgive. You know, they will, they, will, they, will, they will keep to themselves. They will be sad. They will be gloomy. They will be angry. I mean, they will behave in a very interesting manner. But the Bible commands us to forgive. If you're going to introduce peace in every strained relationship in your life, you must forgive. Forgiving is not how you feel. Forgiving is a choice, is a decision you made. In fact, when you look at forgiveness from God's point of view, there is nothing that can never be forgiven. There is nothing that somebody can do against you or say against you that you should not forgive. There is nothing that somebody, you know, can do against you and hurt your feelings so deep that you cannot forgive. When you look at forgiveness from God's point of view, we must forgive. There is nothing on this face of the earth that you should never come to a place and say, I cannot forgive this one. That's why people even select. Have you had people select? This one I can forgive. This one I can forgive. But this one I will not forgive. This one I can forgive. This one I can forgive. But this one, uh, I'm so hurt. I don't think I can forgive this one. But the Bible commands us to forgive because the moment you forgive somebody, you might not heal quickly, but the moment you forgive somebody, you have opened doors for peace to come into that relationship. You have opened a door to reintroduce peace, the peace that you enjoyed in that relationship to come into that relationship. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 13, bearing one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has complaint against one another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do it. You must. The keyword is must. You have to do it because Christ has forgiven you. Christ has forgiven you. Think about some of the things that people did to you that they were hurtful to you. They hurt you badly. They broke your heart badly. Look, because Christ has forgiven you, because you've hurt Christ as well. You have disappointed Christ as well. Because Christ has forgiven you, has removed condemnation and guilt, you know, from your life that was hanging on top of your head. You know, you must also forgive other people. The Bible says, bearing with one another, Colossians 3.13, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must do. As a wife, you must forgive your husband. As a husband, you must forgive your wife. Some of you have so hard hearts, you know, that you carry things in your heart. You must forgive one another. It is a command from the word of God. So you're asking, how many times should I forgive somebody? This person has been hurting me, hurting me, hurting me. How many times should I forgive this person? Matthew chapter 18. Peter also asked the same question. He said, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times, Jesus said unto him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. So you can see that Jesus meant forgiveness, you know, is supposed to be, you know, to the degree of infinity. You don't count. You forgive as many times as you can. There is no specific number. Forgiveness is unlimited. There is no measure for forgiveness. It must be practiced whenever, wherever, whenever an occasion arises. When you're demanded to forgive, you must be quick to forgive. So I pray that today you have a heart to forgive people who have hurt you. And we're going to pray about it because the Spirit of God is going to remind you some of the people that you have, you know, you have refused to really forgive them genuinely from your heart. It's going to remind you so that we may be able to forgive them. Amen. Number two is to get rid of bitterness. You know, there's forgiveness, but there's also bitterness. So for bitterness is different. Bitterness is a feeling of anger, you know, that you harbor in your heart towards someone. It is exhibiting intense animosity towards someone. It is in your heart. You know, it's something that you have kept in your heart. It is eating you up. It is resentment that has lodged in your soul. And it is eating you up from within. It is severe pain and grief that you feel. And, and, and this bitterness or resentment, it can be something that you're not really allowing to leave you. 
you have these painful memories about someone, what they did, what they say, and you have lodged all those memories in your heart, and you're bitter about that person. You are angry about that person. You know, you feel intense in uh, animosity towards that particular person. It is in your heart. It is in your soul, and it grips you, you know. It, it, it makes you, you know, feel... Uh, you know, some intense emotion towards that person. When you think about that person, something rises within you. You know, it, it is detestful to you, distasteful to you when you think about that particular person. You know, it is, it is, it is intense, intense, intense anger, intense animosity that you feel inside of you. Now, bitterness is also very dangerous. It will kill peace. It will kill peace. In fact, sometimes bitterness even close every, any door of reconciliation. And you must get rid of peace. We must get rid of bitterness for you to enjoy peace. Now, bitterness defiles us. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 to 15. Pursue peace. Pursue it. You have to fight for it. You have to pursue peace. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see God. So you can see that God wants you to really go beyond your, be your bitterness and resentment and pursue peace with people, with all people. You have to override your bitterness. You have to overcome your bitterness. You have to overcome your resentment. I'm speaking to somebody here. And sometimes maybe it is very sad that the people who are supposed to hear this message, they are not even here. They are so bitter that they don't even want to be online. They are so bitter that they don't even want to listen to preaching. They are so bitter that they don't even want to come back, you know, to church. It's very unfortunate. But anyway, you are here. Listen to this. So that when you are tempted to be bitter, you may be able to respond to uh, bitterness according to the word of God. Pursue peace with all people. You know, you have to do it. You have to pursue. You have to, you have to fight for peace. Pursue peace with all people and holiness. Without which, look, this is very serious. Without which, no one will see the Lord. Now that scripture should, you know, should shock you. That scripture should scare you. That if you don't pursue peace with all people, if you don't pursue holiness with all people, you might meet, you might miss heaven. You might miss heaven by harboring bitterness and anger, resentment and animosity in your heart. You might miss heaven. It is serious, my friend. It is very serious. That's what the Bible says. You have to pursue it. When you pursue something, it simply means it is elusive. It is not easily available. You can't just sit around and it falls on your, on your lap. You have to fight for it. You have to pursue it. You have to go after it. And the Bible says, if you take this, you know, lightly, you might even miss heaven. If you don't pursue peace with all people, you might miss heaven. No one will see God. Looking carefully, look at what the Bible says. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble and by this many become defiled that scripture is loaded i wish we can unpack it but i don't have time looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace so if you don't pursue peace you fall short of the grace if you don't pursue peace with all people you sh you fall short of the grace of god and then the root of bitterness begins to spring up in you and then it will cause you trouble your heart will be troubled your mind will be troubled because you know that there is something that you're supposed to do, but you have refused to do. You're supposed to reconcile and pursue peace, but you have refused to do it. And so the judgment of God hangs on your head. You can feel it. You can feel like, man, if I continue like this, I might miss heaven. And the Bible says you become defiled. So when you don't pursue peace, you become defiled. And when you're defiled, let me tell you, the Bible says no, no one who pursues this path of defilement through bitterness will be able to see God. I don't want to miss God because of bitterness. I don't want to miss heaven because of bitterness. I don't want you to miss heaven because of bitterness. Can you imagine reaching heaven and realize the reason uh, going to hell and realize the reason why you ended up in hell was not because of fornication. It was not because of immorality. It was not because you are a thief. It was not because you are rebellious, but it was because you harbored bitterness in your heart. I'm, I mean, you will hit your head. You will pinch yourself. Maybe you'll not even have time to pinch yourself. You'll be burning. Can you imagine you get to hell and you are told the reason why you are here is because you had bitterness in your heart. You never forgave people. You didn't pursue peace with people. 
My goodness, I think you will pinch yourself. I think you will scream. And people will be thinking you are screaming because of the fire that is burning you. But you'll be screaming because you will see how foolish you are to allow bitterness to take you to hell. So there are people who go to hell, not because they were immoral, not because they stole, you know, at the place of work, not because, you know, of killing someone, but because they harbored bitterness in your heart. I pray for you, you not go to hell because of bitterness. You will not miss God because of bitterness. I pray for you that you not miss the promise of enjoying eternity with God because of bitterness, that you will be able to release, you will release people. You will be able to get rid of that animosity, intense animosity in your heart that you feel towards someone because bitterness will keep you from seeing God. Hallelujah. You know, when you have bitterness, it keeps on taking you back. You remember what somebody did, what somebody did to hurt you, what somebody did to disappoint you, and you refuse to let it go. You keep it. You nurse it. You, you refuse to let it go. It's part of you. And once in a while, you rehash that past. Once in a while, you go back so that you may feel bad about that person, so that you may have bad thoughts about that particular person. I remember I had a story of a lady who grew up hating his father or rather blaming his father because the father died you know the father died and left them in problems when the father died they struggled and so she grew up blaming the father and the father is in the grave carrying bitterness she's alive she's carrying bitterness towards the father who is already in the grave and she was blaming him she was angry at him she was bitter with his father because the father died you see life and death is in the hands of god when somebody dies i mean He's gone. He's gone. And so she lived with bitterness for years until she came to this church and she was delivered from bitterness. And when she was delivered from bitterness and forgave the father and released her father, her life started going up. She started getting blessed. And now she's doing very well, I'm telling you. So bitterness is something that you have to let go. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31, the Bible says, Let all bitterness all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So you have to let it go. You have to let it go. I'm speaking to somebody here. Let it go. That boyfriend that hurt you many years, you know, and messed up your life, left you with a child, you have to let him go. You know, that woman that hurt you so badly, you know, chopped your money and then at the last minute left you high and dry. You have to let her go. That boss who disappointed you, that friend who disappointed you and left you with bitterness, licking your wounds. You have to let that friend of yours go. Release bitterness from your heart. Release resentment from your heart. Let them go and pursue peace that you may enjoy peace and it may be able to lead you into the, uh, the place that God has ordained for you and that is eternity, future with him in heaven. Amen. Let that person go. Hallelujah. Number three, my goodness, time is moving. Number three is genuine love. Genuine love. We're going to pray for genuine love as well. Genuine love will nurture and protect a relationship. You see, genuine love is what will make you pursue reconciliation. It will reintroduce peace, you know, in your life because you will fight for that relationship because you don't want to let it go. When you genuinely love somebody, you can never let them go. When you genuinely love somebody, you know, you feel bad when that relationship is strained. You know, a lot of pastors love their members, but members don't know. That's why when members leave pastors, pastors are hurt. Pastors are disappointed because as we love with all our hearts, you know, God has made us shepherds. What is the work of a shepherd? It is to love people. And so pastors love. You know, many people wonder why pastors, you know, you know, are hurt when people leave churches. It's because the work of a pastor is to take care of the sheep. The work of a pastor is not to take care of a chair. It's to take care of the sheep. You know, the chair, that is side effects of the love. But the work of a pastor at the heart of pastoral ministry is to love people. And that's why pastors love people genuinely. They love people. When people leave pastors, pastors are hurt. Let me tell you, they might not tell you. They might not show you on their faces. They might not even talk about it. But let me tell you, every genuine pastor is hurt when members leave him. So you can imagine how many times your pastor has been hurt. 
Yes, I'm being real with you because that is our work. That is the work of a pastor. Talk to every pastor, he will tell you that when, when, when members leave their churches, they feel hurt. They might encourage themselves and we do. We encourage ourselves and we say, oh God, all right, okay, it's time to move on. You know, we, it's time to let go. But let me tell you, at the heart of pastoral ministry is loving people and we love people genuinely. And sometimes the people that we love genuinely don't love us back. That's why many pastors have wounds. It is God who is keeping pastors sane. I was telling somebody the other day, I was joking and I was telling the baby pastoring should be added to this program that I used to see, A Thousand Ways to Die. It is the grace of God that is keeping pastors. It is the grace of God that is protecting pastors all over the world. I remember one time a pastor was giving me a story, man. It was a very, very... Um, so a very sad story. A pastor was giving me a story of this lady that the church literally stood with the lady because the husband was diagnosed with cancer. And the church really stood with the, past, uh, with the lady, I mean supported the lady. And when one time they went to visit that lady, they realized that the husband, because of cancer, I think he was disabled in a way. And so they, 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 they had to make a ramp. They had to make a ramp. The church came together and made a ramp to the house so that it can be easy for this gentleman, the husband of this lady, you know, to come out of the house, you know, to bask and to go back easily. You know, they, they actually rallied resources to actually build a ramp to the house of this lady. <laughs> but guess what? When the husband died, when the husband died, after the church had done all these things, you know, to support the lady, to stand with the lady. The pastor was always there to support the lady, to pray with the lady. When the husband died, the lady wrote an email to the pastor that it was very, that email was very hurtful. In a nutshell, the email said that I am no longer a member of this church. You are not a great pastor. I am moving out. That pastor was giving me that story and said, man, it took him years to recover from that after all he did for this lady, after all he did for this family, after rallying the church to stand, you know, with this family, that is what he got as a thank you note. And you're not a great pastor. I am moving. I'm disappointed. I don't feel love in this church anymore. It's like people don't care about me anymore. After all those years, and she left and she had to move to another church. Mercy, please, don't do that to me. I'm not giving you ideas. Don't do that to me. In Jesus' name, I refuse, I reject, I capsize, I pull it down, I destroy it, I bind it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. It will never happen in Jesus' name. Amen. So you can see that a lot of people don't have genuine love. It is genuine love that will keep peace. When there is genuine love, you know, there will be peace in our midst. People need to love you genuinely and you need to love people genuinely. Hallelujah. Please love people genuinely. When you love people genuinely, there will always be peace. And this is the sad part. People will always love you. Many times I've realized people will always love you when you have something. People who don't have thank something are not easily loved. That's why you see these brothers who have nothing. You know, no, no sister is thinking that something good can come out of them. But when you start having something, you know, kaka you're looking good, you're dressing well, you, you, you see that there's a lot of love that is beginning to, you know, happen around you. Because people are not genuinely in love with those who are around you. When you have something, a little, you know, you're showing signs of success, you will see a lot of love around you. But people who have nothing are not easily, you know, love. It's because a lot of us don't love genuinely. We don't love with our hearts. We don't love people with genuine love. Our love is attached to material things. Our love is attached to power. Our love is attached to glamour. Our love is attached, you know, to success. But our love is not genuine. That's why people who don't have nothing are not easily lovable, so to speak. But people who have kakitu, something small, you know, it's easy to love them. When you see that somebody has signs of going up, it's easy to love them. You know, that's why you see even ladies don't give a chance. Those who have nothing, but those who have something have a lot of chances. In fact, they even say, this one, I don't even need to pray. He has to just say it and kaboom, that is it. It's very sad, isn't it? But our love should be genuine. We should love people 
genuinely. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 5, the Bible says, Now the purpose of the commandment is love. From a pure heart, it has to be genuine. The heart has to be pure to love. We must love people from a pure, pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith. Let me tell you, if you love somebody genuinely, if you love somebody sincerely, I don't think there is anything that can be able to strain that relationship. You will fight to restore that relationship if you love genuinely. You will fight to restore that relationship if it is strained, if you love genuinely. My goodness, I wish I had time to work this, but we, we are going to pray. Lastly is chemistry, the ability to work and flow with people. That will also bring peace, you know, in our human relationship. What is chemistry? It's the ability to live, it's the ability to work, and it's the ability to flow with people. That is chemistry, his ability to live, his ability to work, and his ability to flow with people. When you have this ability, it's also easy for you to be able to love somebody. My goodness, we need to pray. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10, now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Look at that. Isn't that powerful? The ability to work and flow together has been commanded that we may perfectly be joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. We can flow together, we can work together, and we can live together. This is what will introduce peace in our human relationships. I want us to pray for those four things real quickly in the next 20 minutes or so. I want us to lift up our voice. The first thing that I want you to do is to forgive. Is to, are you a Christian? You need to forgive. You know, many people call themselves Christians, but they don't forgive. They don't forgive. When a relationship does not work, they're out of there. They go. I mean, I want you to forgive. So lift up your voice. We're going to pray for this very quickly. Hallelujah. Search your heart and forgive people that hurt you, men that hurt you, women that hurt you. Lift up your voice. Open your heart. Be sincere with God. Maybe it might not be a loud prayer, but be sincere with God. And just ask God to forgive. Ask God to forgive you for not forgiving them. And then make a decision to forgive them right now in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Father, we forgive. We forgive those who have hurt us. We forgive those who have trespassed against us. We forgive those who have disappointed us. We forgive those who have let us down this morning. In the name of Jesus, we have harbored unforgiveness for many years. But Lord, we pray. Oh yes, that we may forgive them. We release our teachers. We release our husbands. We release our wives. We release our children from our hearts. Oh Lord, we have, we have carried them for years because of the things they did and hurt us. We release them from our hearts. We forgive them, Lord. Oh yes, we choose to forgive. We choose to pardon their sins, their blunders, their mistakes. Oh yes, we forgive them. We forgive them, Lord. We forgive them. Come on, forgive. Forgive right now in the name of Jesus. Mention that person by name. Mention that individual by name. Whatever they did, how they hurt you, how they broke your heart, how they disappointed you, some of them betrayed you. Mention them by name and just forgive them this morning in the name of Jesus. Forgive them in this morning. May God fill your heart with peace as you forgive them in the name of Jesus. May God heal your broken heart as you forgive them in the name of Jesus. May God release you from that prison of pain as you forgive them. May peace flood your mind. May peace flood your soul. May peace flood your marriage as you forgive that particular person in the name of Jesus. Mention by name. Mention them by name. Mention them by name. Mention them by name. Today you have to be free. This is a new year. 2023 is a new year. You can't carry the baggage that was in 2022 to 2023. Forgive that person. Forgive that man. Forgive that woman. Forgive that young person. Forgive that lady. Forgive that gentleman. Let them go in the name of Jesus. Mention them by name. As you're mentioning them by name, God is setting you free. God is delivering you. Peace is flooding your soul. Peace is flooding your mind. As you're letting them go in the name of Jesus. Secondly, go ahead and release bitterness, release the anger that was in your heart, release the painful memories that were in your heart when you are thinking, when you think about that particular person.
forgive them right now. Release that bitterness right now. Release that anger. Release that animosity out of your heart right now. In the name of Jesus, you can't be bitter anymore. You can't carry resentment anymore in your heart. In the name of Jesus, let it go. Let it go. Those bad feelings, those bad thoughts, you know, the animosity, the anger, the disgust in your heart, in your mind, release it right now. Release it right now. The people you said you'll never forgive, forgive them and release them from your heart right now. In the name of Jesus, let go of that anger. Let go of that pain. Yes, let go of that pain. In the name of Jesus. Father, we eject, we remove every form of bitterness, every form of resentment in our hearts towards people who have hurt us, people who have disappointed us, people who have broken our hearts. We release those emotions, intense emotions, intense animosity, intense anger in our hearts, heartful memories. We release them from our hearts this morning. Yes, in the name of Jesus, painful memories in our hearts, in our minds. We release those people right now. The people who broke our hearts, the people who disappointed us, the people who took advantage of us, the people who betrayed us, the people who stabbed us in the back. We release them. We release the resentment. We release the bitterness right now from our hearts in the name of Jesus. Because we choose to be Christians today who obey your word in the name of Jesus. Set us free. Set us free from any form of bitterness in our hearts in the name of Jesus. Number three, pray for genuine love, that you will love people genuinely. You will have, you love people around you genuinely with all your heart. Hallelujah. You will not love them because of material things. You will not love them because they have something that you can benefit from, but you will love them genuinely in the name of Jesus. Love people. Hallelujah. The Bible says the love of God has been shared abroad in our hearts. Allow that love to grow that you may love people genuinely just love people the commandment is love the commandment is love father i pray for our hearts this morning our hearts that used to have bitterness replace the bitterness with love replace the pain with love our hearts that were, were shattered because of what was done to us i pray oh god that replace that brokenness with love let your love be shared abroad in our hearts let your love be shared abroad in our hearts let let us love people genuinely. Let us love our fathers, our mothers genuinely. Let us love our brothers and our sisters genuinely. Let us love our friends, the people that we work with genuinely. Let us love our children genuinely. Let us love our brothers and sisters in the church genuinely. In the name of Jesus, let us love people genuinely. Oh my goodness, help us Lord. Help us Lord. Help us Lord. Help us Lord, Help us, Lord. to love people genuinely hallelujah the last thing that i want us to pray for is chemistry pray that you'll have the ability to live ability to work and ability to flow with other people in the name of jesus yes lord father i pray that I will have chemistry with people. I'll have the ability to love. I will have the ability to live. I will have the ability to work. And I will have the ability to flow with people in the name of Jesus. Chemistry, 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 chemistry. The ability to work, the ability to live, the ability to flow with other people in the name of Jesus. It will not be a struggle in this year. It will not be a struggle in the church. It will not be a struggle in my department. It will not be a struggle in my family. In the name of Jesus, I pray, oh God, that I'll be able to work I'll be able to live and I'll be able to flow with people in the name of Jesus. My heart, oh God, is changing. My mind, oh God, is changing. My heart is changing, oh God. I will have the ability to work, the ability to live, and the ability to flow with people around me in the name of Jesus. Pray for chemistry. You have chemistry with people, good chemistry with people, ability to work, ability to live and ability to flow with people in the name of Jesus. Good chemistry. I pray for good chemistry in every department. I pray for good chemistry in every CMG. I pray for good chemistry in every home. I pray for good chemistry in every house. I pray for good chemistry in every marriage. 
in the name of Jesus. Oh, Yes, 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 good chemistry, good chemistry, good chemistry, good chemistry. We shall work with people, we shall live with people, and we shall flow with people. In the name of Jesus, we shall work with people, we shall live with people, and we shall be able to flow with people. Good chemistry in every department, in every house, in every home, in every marriage. In the name of Jesus, my God, my God, my heart will flow with my brother. My heart will flow with my sister. My heart will flow with my pastors. My heart will flow with my leaders. My heart will flow with my colleagues. In the name of Jesus, grant us great good chemistry to be able to work with people because that is what will introduce peace in our hearts, oh God. Oh yes, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray because of forgiveness, may your peace fill our hearts and our minds. I pray because of getting rid of bitterness, our hearts will be filled with peace. Our minds will be filled with peace. Because, oh God, of loving genuinely, our hearts will be filled with peace and our minds will be filled with peace. In the name of Jesus, I pray, oh God, because of the chemistry, the good chemistry that we are possessing from now on to work with people, to live with people, and to flow with people, I pray that your peace will flood our souls. Your peace will flood our hearts. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. We bless your name. We glorify you. Our hearts are free. Our minds are free. We are free from bitterness. We are free from animosity. We are free from anger. We are free from resentment. In the name of Jesus, thank you, oh God. We are free from hardness of heart. We are free from rebellion to your command to forgive. We are free, oh God, from hardness of heart. In the name of Jesus. Flow, 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 flow. Flow, 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 flow. Flowing with people. Flow, 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 flowing with people. Oh yes, you will have the ability, 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 ability to have good chemistry in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And I pray, oh God, may your peace come. May your peace come in all our human relationships. Heal every human relationship here in the name of Jesus. Every strained relationship. Father, heal it in the name of Jesus. Oh, between father and son, between mother and daughter, between parents and children, heal that relationship right now in the name of Jesus. Heal the relationship between brother and sister, between brother and brother, between sister and sister. Heal that relationship in the name of Jesus. Between, oh God, pastor and members, heal that relationship in the name of Jesus. Between leaders and their pastors, between leaders and the members of their department, between CMG leaders and the members in their CMG. Heal that relationship today. Let there be peace. May peace flood the church. May peace flood our church. May peace fill COT in the name of Jesus. May peace fill homes right now in the name of Jesus. May peace fill marriages in the name of Jesus. We pray for peace to flood every house, to flood every home, to flood every 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 family to flood every marriage let peace flow let peace flow in every human relationship that we belong to in the name of Jesus may peace flow in the church may peace flow in the church may peace flow like a mighty river in the church yes in the name of Jesus may every bitterness melt may every anger melt May every unforgiveness melt in the name of Jesus. And may your peace flow in the church. May your peace flow in every house. May your peace flow in every home. May your peace flow in every marriage. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. May it flow like a mighty, mighty river. May it flow like a mighty, mighty river. May it flow. May it come like an avalanche. In the name of Jesus. To every home, to every house, to every marriage, to every department to every CMG to, 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 to our church in the name of Jesus may it flow like a mighty river in Jesus name thank you father we bless your name we glorify you we magnify you we exalt you we lift you we worship you we bless 
bless you for healing. We bless you for healing of hearts. We bless you for healing of hearts. We bless you for healing of minds. We bless you, oh God, because our hearts have been purged of animosity and anger. Our hearts have been purged. Our souls have been purged of resentment and anger. Yes, in the name of Jesus, we are free today. I want you to proclaim I am free. I am free from bitterness. I am free from malice. I am free from unforgiveness. Proclaim it right now. In the name of Jesus, I am free. I am free. I am free. I am free from intense animosity. In the name of Jesus, I am free from bitterness. I am free from anger. I am free from unforgiveness. I am free. And my heart is full of genuine love. Proclaim it right now. I am full of genuine love. I will love genuinely. I will love my pastor genuinely. I will love my members genuinely. I will love my leader genuinely. I will love brothers and sisters that I work with genuinely. I will love my brothers and sisters in the church genuinely. I will love people around me genuinely. Proclaim it right now in the name of Jesus. You are free this morning. We are free this morning. I am free this morning in the name of Jesus. And peace is my portion. Peace is my portion. Peace is my portion. Peace is my portion. Peace is your portion this morning in the name of Jesus. Somebody is being healed right now. Somebody is being set free right now. Somebody is being delivered right now from every form of bitterness, from every form of anger. Somebody is being delivered. Somebody is coming out of the prison of bitterness. Somebody is coming out of the prison of intense animosity towards people who hurt them. In the name of Jesus, somebody is coming out of the pain. Oh yes, the pain that was lodged in their soul because of somebody who did or said something that really hurt them. You are getting free. You are being delivered. Somebody is being delivered from the clutches of animosity, from the clutches of bitterness and pain in their hearts because of what was done against them in the past. Yes, you are being delivered right now in the name of Jesus. Be free from that man. Be free from that woman. Be free from that individual. Be free from that situation. Be free from that circumstance. Be free from what happened. Be free from that painful memory. Be free, yes, from those thoughts. Be free from those feelings right now in the name of Jesus. Be free from those feelings that put you down when you think about what was done, when you think about what was said, and some very bad feelings rise up within you. Be free from those feelings this morning in the name of Jesus. Be free from that that burden that you have carried for years, the burden of bitterness, the burden of resentment, be free. I disconnect you from that burden this morning in the name of Jesus. Be free from those thoughts that held you in bondage, that held you captive. Thoughts of what was done, how you were abused, how you were disappointed, how you were betrayed. Be free from those thoughts this morning in the name of Jesus. Jesus is setting you free. God is setting you free. God is setting you free. As you pledge forgiveness to those people, God is also setting you free in the name of Jesus. And may you enjoy peace in your human relationships. Enjoy peace. Enjoy peace. Enjoy peace. Enjoy peace. Enjoy peace. Enjoy peace. Enjoy peace right now. Enjoy peace right now. Step into peace right now. Uh, enjoy peace in your mind enjoy peace in your heart enjoy peace enjoy peace walk in peace experience peace right now your heart is free your heart is free your mind is free your emotions are free your body is free in the name of Jesus you are free your soul is free yes it had been trapped in bitterness but your soul is free right now in the name of Jesus I thank you father for doing it oh God in Jesus name and we all shout a big amen amen i want you to shout i'm free i want you to type i am free type it right now i am free i'm free from unforgiveness i am free from bitterness proclaim it right now in the name of jesus i'm free from pain in the name of jesus i am free i am free i am free i'm free type it my soul is free my heart is free my mind is free my emotions are free my body is free in the name of jesus yes you are no longer disconnected to the past I disconnect you from the past. I disconnect you from that pain. I disconnect you from, oh yes, those painful memories. In the name of Jesus, you are free. Yes, 
you will no longer carry bitterness in your heart in the name of Jesus you no longer carry that pain in your heart in the name of Jesus forgive release and love genuinely yes in the name of Jesus love genuinely in the name of Jesus father we thank you for doing it in our lives in Jesus name amen hallelujah we are getting ready to finish hallelujah but this is what I want to say here that is very profound become a Christian be a real honest Christian God commands you to forgive learn to forgive and forgive quickly become a Christian you know I see people leave church because they are hurt are you really a Christian I see people leave departments because they are hurt are you really a Christian are you a genuine Christian are you really a child of God I see people leave church I see people backslide because they are hurt because somebody says something that hurt them are you really a Christian if you are a Christian then you have to forgive you have to forgive you don't leave church because you're hurt you don't leave God because you're hurt you don't resign from a department in church because you're hurt are you a real Christian the reason why God put forgiveness in the Bible because he knew you'll be hurt in that CMG You'll be hurt in that department. He knew you'll be hurt in that church because that church has people. It doesn't have it doesn't have angels. It has people, and some people move and they say, "Let me move from this church to this church," and then they go to this church and then they talk to the pastor and they tell the pastor, they tell the pastor, "Oh, you know, when I left that church because I was wounded, I was disappointed. I'm I am having wounds and whatever." A genuine pastor should tell you, "Go back to that church and be healed," because even here you are going to be wounded. When you are around people, you will be wounded. It doesn't matter the name of the church. You can change the name of the church. You can change and move from city of hope to city of love. You can move from grace house you can, and go to hope love. But let me tell you, in those places, there are people and you will still be hurt. Be a Christian. Forgive and stay where God has planted you and flourish. Period. End of the story. Be a Christian. Moving from one group to another, moving from one church to another does not solve the problem. You are trying to run away from facing the truth. What is the truth? Forgive. What is the truth? Get rid of anger. Get rid of resentment. Get rid of bitterness. That is the truth. Stop running away from the truth. Deal with the truth. The Bible tells you to forgive. And when you forgive, you have no reason to move. When you forgive, you have no reason to change churches. When you forgive, you have no reason to change departments. Stay and serve. Be a Christian. Be a believer and practice the word of God. There are people say, oh, I need a break. I'm so hurt. My emotions are hurt. I'm so hurt. My mind. You don't need a break. You need forgiveness. Forgive. Forgive and stay. Forgive and serve. Forgive and worship. Forgive and continue doing what God has called you to do. It is a decision that you make. I challenge you today. Become a Christian. Some of you were thinking, I need to move. I've been hurt. I need to change departments. I've been hurt. I need to move here. I've been hurt. Forgive. Deal with it. Face it. Forgive and stay and serve. Because where you are going, there are no angels. They are also human beings. Hallelujah. I'm telling you the truth today. Take it and receive it. Become a Christian. Are you a Christian? That is the question. If you are here, I could have told you, turn to your neighbor and ask your neighbor, are you a real Christian? Are you a real believer? Hmm? Are you a real Christian? It is easy. God says forgive. No matter what has happened, forgive. And when you forgive, you bounce back. Peace comes back. Peace comes back in your heart, in your mind. Peace comes back in the department. Peace comes back in the CMG. Peace comes back in the house. Peace comes back in the marriage. Forgive. That's what I'm challenging you to do today. Forgive and release and release bitterness, resentment and anger. Love people genuinely and have a chemistry. Good chemistry. The ability to work, the ability to stay and the ability to flow with other people. Eesh, what a word. Sure. Touch your neighbor virtually and tell your neighbor, neighbor, be a real authentic Christian. Touch the neighbor on your left and tell that neighbor, neighbor, be a real authentic Christian. Touch the neighbor behind you and tell the neighbor, neighbor, 
be a real, authentic Christian. Amen. I love you. <laughs> and before we go, I want us to give our offerings right now in the name of Jesus. You have been free right now. No bitterness. Now give an offering. Hmm. You know, Jesus said, when you have your offering and you're going to the altar, and then you remember that you have something against somebody, don't give the offering. Hey, go and make things right with that particular person. Because as you are giving and you have this bitterness and anger towards somebody, God will not receive your offering. I'm telling you, these things are serious. It is very scary that you miss heaven because of unforgiveness. God rejects your offering because of unforgiveness. But now that you have forgiven, now that your heart is free, you can give a good offering to the Lord. I mean, if you know that, today you'll give a very good offering. Because you know this one is going straight, direct to God. Because your heart is lighter. Your heart is pure. So take that offering right now. Take that offering right now. We want to give to the Lord. You're going to send it to the paper 361751. Take that offering right now. We want to pray in the name of Jesus. Is your offering ready? Take it, take it, take it in your hand. We're going to pray right now in the name of Jesus. We want to pray right now in the name of Jesus. I feel like God has delivered somebody today. God has set somebody free today. Take that offering right now. Pay bill is 361-751. We want to give in the name of Jesus. Today you'll give a good offering because you know it is going straight into heaven. God is going to receive it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you and I bless you today. I thank you for the offering in the hands of your people as they give. I pray that may your blessings be upon them, increase them. Father, today we are giving from a place of a pure heart. We have forgiven those who have trespassed against us. We have released bitterness from our hearts. And we are loving genuinely. Father, I pray that may you receive our offerings. May our offerings rise to you as a sweet-smelling savor. May our offerings rise to you as a wonderful, you know, savor. May it have nice, wonderful fragrance rising to you because our offerings are coming from a heart that is pure, a heart that is free from bitterness and resentment. In the name of Jesus, receive our offerings and release a blessing in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. We shout a big amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazutechero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.